Reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. To the angel of the church in Samina, write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews, and they are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Two weeks ago, we celebrated Easter Sunday. Something dramatically changed as a result of Easter. We see this promised in the words of Jesus to Mary Magdalene on Easter Sunday morning. In John chapter 20, verse 17, and it says, Go to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father to my God and your God. Prior to Easter, the main emphasis had been on God as the Father to Jesus. Now as a result of his death and resurrection, Jesus is saying that his Father has become our Father and his God has become our God. When we get a full revelation of God as our loving Heavenly Father, everything changes. Our life transformed. We are no more the same. We are new. This is not just based on feelings or one person's experience. This is available to everyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. Easter led us to Acts of the Apostle, where the church began with the working of the Holy Spirit. This morning we are going to look at one of the church Christ addressed, which was the church in Samina. I believe the Holy Spirit will give us understanding on what he expects from his church as we look at this passage together. And I want to encourage you, to keep your Bibles handy as we study together. But before then, let us pray. Our gracious God, the hour has come for you to glorify your name. Come, Holy Spirit, and give us understanding as we study your word together. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
The church in Samina was the second church on the postal route in Asia. Samina was a beautiful city. It had a famous stadium, an impressive library, and laid claim to the largest public theater in all Asia Minor. Despite these splendors, Samina was a land of suffering for believers. Permit me to ask you this question. <clears throat> Excuse me. What will you do if when you became a Christian, people started persecuting you? You lost your job. You lost all your possession. And suppose friends, your close friends, slandered you. What will you do if you were thrown into prison? Because of your faith in Christ Jesus. What will you do if the government came into our church this morning and said you had to bow down and burn incense in the altar and say the European Union is Lord? If you did this, you will receive a certificate from the government allowing you to operate your business or trade. If you did not, no certificate. And without a certificate, no work. This is the kind of suffering and persecution this church was experiencing. Let us take a closer look at how Christ commended them. Christ commended the church in Samina in three ways. Number one. Christ commended the church in Samina for the tribulation they experienced. Christ said in verse 9a, I know your tribulation. The church in Samina was experiencing persecution because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Samina took great pride in the fact that they beat out ten cities for the privilege of building a temple to the emperor Tiberius in AD, 26 AD. The Christians in Samina refused to worship the emperor by saying, Caesar is Lord. Obviously, for Christians, only Jesus is Lord. And so the unwillingness of Christians to worship Caesar branded them as atheists, as people who don't believe in God. It is likely that Christians in Samina were ostracized. Work became unavailable. Opportunity for growth vanished. And they were excluded from society. Number two, Christ commended the church in Samina for the poverty they experienced for his sake. Christ said in verse 9b, I know your poverty. Samina was a very rich city. And it is strange that a group should be singled out as being poor in such a city. Perhaps the Christians belong to the lower ranks of society as the scriptures described 
in the book of Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. And it says, Not many were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Or perhaps Christians' love for the poor caused them to give so generously that they themselves became poor in doing so. But these factors don't adequately explain how this would be the reason for their tribulation. More likely, however, is the fact that Christians would not conduct their business practices like everyone else in Samina. They will not participate in dirty deals, dirty connections, and so they lost business. Non-Christians had very negative attitude towards Christians, and so they simply refused to engage in any kind of business with them. And that led to material poverty of the Christians. But Christ said in verse 9b, you are rich. Christ's values are not the same as the world's values. People in the world value material riches. Well, as Christ values spiritual riches. And number three, Christ commended the church in Samina for the slander they experienced. Christ said in verse 9c, I know the slander of those who say that they are Jews, and they are not, but a synagogue of Satan. This word seems harsh to our ears because we have become so politically correct in our culture. Everything goes Remember that Christ was a Jew. John was a Jew. And they were speaking of fellow Jews here. In our days, we can say that these were fellow Christians, in quotes. Christ was ascertained that Jews who hated and rejected him were just as much Satan's followers as those who worshipped the emperor. So the church in Samina was commended by Christ for what they experienced in terms of affliction, poverty, and slander. I would like you to note that this church experienced trial and difficulties and suffering, and yet they remained faithful to Christ. Hallelujah. After commending this church, Christ went ahead to issue a command. Let us see what they were commanded to do in verse 10. There were two commands that Christ gave to the church in verse 10. Number one, Christ commanded the church in Samina not to be afraid. He said in verse 10a, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. 
After commending the Christians in the church in Samina for the suffering they had already endured, Christ warned them that more was on the way. He will give them the strength to endure it. For Christ has said to his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 33, In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Because of Christ's victory, Christians can say with the psalmist in Psalm chapter 56, verse 11, In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Christ commanded them not to be afraid. Then number two, Christ commanded the church in Samina to be faithful. He said in verse 10b, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Though the Christians in Samina were experiencing tribulation, and more was to come their way, Christ encouraged them to remain faithful to him, even unto death. He also promised them a rich reward for remaining faithful unto death. Namely, he would give them the crown of life. What is more significant, I would like you to pay attention to, is that after commendation and commands, Christ goes ahead to warn them in verse 11. Christ said in verse 11a, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Christ appeared to believers to pay attention to what he said to them through the Spirit. Christ said in verse 11b, The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. The Bible talks about two kinds of death. The first death is physical death. And the second death is when non-Christians are sentenced to hell for all eternity. You can see that a believer who suffered for Christ has so many benefits. The first death which will happen to us all is only a transit to heaven. Also, such believers, such believers will escape spending eternity in hell. What a great encouragement for us all to know there is a better place than here, a better reward than here. Isn't that our expectation as we continue to run this race? To know that one day we are going to see Jesus face to face. Suffering for Jesus Christ is a mark of every true Christian and church. Personally speaking, I remember the many rejections I faced from families and friends the moment I got saved. Although I experienced this, I know many believers that had worse scenario, 
mostly in northern parts of Nigeria, my home country. Persecution for the sake of Christ is repeatedly stressed in Scripture. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 to 12, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and alter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus Christ himself experienced tribulation, poverty, and slander, which led to his unjust imprisonment and death. So he himself experienced that of which he says to the church in Samina and to Christians in all churches in all ages. So the question here for us this morning is, what about us? What about us? The sad truth is that we tend to shrink from suffering for Jesus Christ. The world is opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our tendency is to dilute the gospel and lower the standard of God's truth so as not to give offense. Isn't that true? We preach what people want to hear, not what God wants them to hear. The truth is still remain that gospel must change us. Gospel must challenge us. If it does not, then that is not a gospel. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ should challenge each, every one of us to sit up and get ready. Today we love the praise of men more than the praise of God. We call it maintenance gospel or social gospel. Come the way you are. It doesn't matter. But it does matter because we need to point people to Christ. Isn't it? We need to preach the gospel. The undiluted gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't hear that much from the pulpit today. We don't hear more about the hellfire. We don't hear about the eternity. Where do you spend your eternity after this life? We don't hear that much from the pulpit. It's all about maintenance gospel, social gospel. Jesus loves you. Yes, Jesus does love us. But the same Jesus is also a consuming fire. We should not provoke suffering. Nevertheless, if we compromise less, we will suffer more. 
Samina was a suffering church because it was an uncompromising church. So the second question for us this morning is, what kind of church are we? A church that speaks the truth, even if it hurts. Or a church that compromises just to belong. And it's something that we are going to think about this morning. To ponder and think. Look at this church, the church in Samina. What they went through because of their faith in God. More is coming. But we all need to stand firm in the Lord. More persecutions, trials, temptations, sufferings are coming. But we must be strong in the Lord. He says many of you will suffer. Ten days. Ten days here could be one year. It could be ten years. It could be more. Until we see Jesus. What kind of church are we? A church that will stand for the test of time. Or is there a church that will compromise just to belong? May God help us to be a church like Samina and be strong and be ready until Jesus come. He's coming. And the big question here is when Jesus comes, will he find you ready? Are we a church? Not just church on Sunday. Bench warmers. But church that is ready to reach out with the gospel, the undiluted gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to people out there who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. There are so many of them out there that need Jesus. And we need to be there for them. Persecutions will come. Rejections will come. But at the end of it, the passage here says, we will receive a crown of life. And may God help us to be the doers of his word and not only the hearers. In Jesus' name, amen.